on the apartment building. Can you upgrade this to a third lawn? This is the working part. Be advised, we have a woman trapped on the balcony on the fourth floor alpha bubble corner. We were unable to make our rescue. We're making a rescue now on the alpha side. Welcome to another edition of Undercover Mental Health. Today I have a friend of mine on. She is a high performance resiliency coach and I've worked with her uh, in a couple of fire departments and I've also worked with her personally. I did a TEDx. When I got to a part when I talked about a friend of mine, uh, I got very emotional and you helped me with that. I did get through that TEDx. It was very hard, uh, but I did finish it. You actually worked with me to help me get, get me through that TEDx. It was awesome. That was such an exciting project to be a part of and uh, just so proud of you and uh, how it all turned out. I think it's so awesome and there's so much to be proud of. So way to go to you. My hat's off to you, Steve. There was a lot of growth in that for me, to be honest. Uh, In the dry rehearsal two days before, when I got to the part I was worried about, I burst out crying. (laughs) Even the organizer said, you don't have to do this. I go, no, no, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. So I I did it. You know what? It's it's an accomplishment I'm proud of. It's a wasn't my best work, but I actually did it. Um, so there you go. I want to take the time to talk about the online resource called Heads Up Guys. You'll hear me talk about this online resource at the beginning of each one of my podcasts. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because it's one of the few things out there that men can check out on how to cope with anxiety, depression. It was built at the University of British Columbia and it's nonprofit, you can take a self-check and you can actually learn about yourself. It's a confidential online resource where you can find out maybe why you're battling sadness, maybe why you're going through this period where you're having anxiety. You can find out about yourself. And the one thing you will feel when you leave this site is that you're not alone. There are so many men out there who are struggling, but now you have access to a site which might be able to give you techniques and coping mechanisms that will help you deal with it. Please check out headsupguys.org. It is an amazing online resource and something I am very proud to support. So I would like you to share with the listeners, you know, we are in a, we're in a place right now in the world that, you know, we keep getting these little glimmers of hope. We're turning the corner and then we have a setback and, you know, how do we keep plowing through this? And I know this is your expertise. And I just want to talk about, you know, people that are now forced to working from home and are struggling or people that are forced to go to work and are struggling. What are the tools that are available or what can we do to, to get through these times? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Steve. And I know in the work that I've been doing, I've been working a lot with uh, municipality and even teams of people in other organizations. And putting on these webinars to support their health and well-being and overall resilience. And I hear from a lot of the participants that that notion of COVID fatigue, which you're sort of alluding to, is very uh, real. Um, Even people complaining of what, quote unquote, COVID brain, right? So they go, uh, I just heard from somebody, they went into the kitchen and they wanted to get a glass of, something as simple as getting a glass of water, and they opened up the fridge, got the Brita jug out of the, uh, the, the fridge, pour the glass of water, and then put the glass of water into the back into the fridge. So I know a lot of people have been multitasking, feeling like things are falling through the cracks, and just feeling really 
exhausted and worn out. Like their brains are so tired, they can't even think anymore. And like you said, with all of these, um, oh, these little setbacks or uh, rising cases, and now there's these new restrictions, and it just feels like everything in our world uh, is in this topsy-turvy state. Uh, and it's impacting everyone's mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And I'm sure you've been, you've seen that too in, in where you work uh, as well. So I think before I kind of jump into um, strategies, because snackable strategies is kind of my jam, I think it's really important to kind of set the stage for uh, a framework or an analogy that I've been using. And um, a, a warning to your listeners, uh, especially those who, uh, who used to love to travel in the before time, <laughs> I'm going to be using the analogy of uh, an airplane. So um, as you know, when we in the, the Northwest here, oftentimes when we're on a plane and we're about to, to take off, we've always got a lot of cloud cover, usually, right? And so what do we know if we're, say, taking off from Vancouver, YVR, and we're sitting on the 747, and that plane starts to climb, and it's a really cloudy, uh, rainy day, which is not unusual <laughs> in Vancouver, right? And so we're flying up and we're taking off, we're sitting in our seats, and then all of a sudden the plane starts hitting turbulence, right? Because it's all of this uneven air mass that's happening. And so for a lot of folks I know, usually if I have a room of people, I'll say, well, how many of you actually really enjoy and love riding through uh, turbulence? Well, you'll, I've never yet <laughs> got anyone to actually put their hand up. But the point is, is that imagine that you're sitting in your seat and now the plane is bucking all around. And when you open up the little uh, blinder on your window and you look out and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't see anything. It's just cloud everywhere. And so all of a sudden, maybe you start feeling like your palms are sweaty and you're wondering what's going on. You're thinking, gosh, I hope the pilots know what they're doing. I hope they got sleep last night. Maybe you're feeling irritated because you're freaking out. You see like somebody across the aisle who is, uh, you know, just... I don't know, reading their newspaper like it's a Sunday, lazy Sunday morning at home and you're wondering how come they're not freaking out? It can be really unsettling and we feel out of control, right? There's that loss of control. And we instantly will go typically into that, into that stress response. But do you think the pilots wanna keep, keep hanging around in that turbulence? No, they're, and when I was talking to my friend who's an Air Canada pilot, he was saying, no, they are so annoyed by turbulence. So no, they wanna focus on that vertical climb. They're gonna pull back on that stick a bit, get that plane up to more of that clear and smooth sailing. And the reason why I bring up turbulence is because um, like when all of us are in that stress response, it's almost like we're in turbulence in our own life. We can't see where we're going. So it lends itself to uncertainty. We don't know exactly what's going on, right? So there's a lack of information, there's a loss of control, and there's even uh, unmet emotional needs. And those four things are, you guessed it, what all of us have been experiencing to varying degrees throughout this pandemic. And so when we talk about being in that, right, that where the sympathetic side of the nervous system is firing, we call it fight, flight, freeze, or flop. Um, it can be in the cyclical, like we're in overdrive and the sympathetic uh, system is a lot like the gas pedal. And so for many of us, we have this over-functioning gas pedal and we're constantly getting stuck into that, um, that stress-filled cycle. 
And so what, what we know is, is that when you can manage yourself, when you're in those turbulent times of life, right? So what are those strategies to manage that stress, to give your brain a break? Um, and then also to remember how, just like when those pilots um, pull back on that stick and they get up to that, you know, 30,000 foot view type of thing. And you look out the window again, and it's like, oh, clear blue skies, clear sailing, right? It's so to me, I like to map that across as to maintaining perspective in the bigger picture. And so when we're going through this pandemic, it's, I've always got my mindset on how can I share and impart strategies for people to try on, especially when to deal with the turbulence, right? We're always going to be reacting to the different stressors that are coming up. And then also to train people to start being able to elevate their viewpoint and start main, trying to maintain and keeping that bigger picture in mind is key. And that's what's gonna be really helpful for people as we continue to navigate this next phase of our pandemic. I think the tough thing for people is they, like you said, they get their hopes up and they're clinging to those, the summer's coming, you know, I've heard people say, we're not going to have to wear masks anymore. Uh, well, we're probably going to have to wear masks until 2022. But you, you know, people say, the summer's coming, I'm so excited to go camping. And you know, I'm so excited to not be in this pandemic, and they have unrealistic projections of what's going to happen. And they only set themselves up for failure. You see it with people that just want so badly for this to be over, but it's not going to be over. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, like you said, getting up to the clear skies, how does someone do that where they don't want, they, they can't see the clear skies, they're stuck down here. How does that person, I always talk about day by day. I have to work on myself day by day. I tell people, look, just go a day at a time, learn little techniques that'll help you change the way you think, change the way you see. How do, how do we do that? How do we get people to envision being on those clear skies when they can't see through those clouds. Right. So I think that's a really good point. And there's a couple of things where I would want to start with is that the majority of the stress that we experience in our lives is when we're focusing on stuff that is outside of our control. And so uh, that's really important for people to really start to um, to integrate and really embody that, right? So I don't want to sound like I'm coming across as being trite. It's like, oh, focus on what's in your control. Well, easy for you to say, Sarah, you know, um, but yet it is the absolute first, first step is to notice that the stuff that you are getting pulled into is generally about things that are outside of your control. So that would be the first um places to get people to focus back on their circle of influence. Like what is in my control? Do I, can, can I control what the next, uh, you know, um, update will be with our provincial health officer and restrictions and waiting on that? Uh, no. Uh, can I control the numbers? No, but I can control, you know, uh, what I'm doing, the practices I'm doing to keep myself healthy and well. So that would be that first part, because what you're alluding to, Steve, to me is telling me that somebody is in the turbulence. And when you're in that real fight or flight spot, you're not ready to be able to get that lift to see that vertical climb. And so there's there's things people can do to absolutely uh, be able to manage 
the turbulence and when they can create that space and peace it'll allow them to have it a little easier to to see things from a different perspective or get that bigger picture uh, in mind and so some of those things that i would really recommend and i've talked before on the podcast so super pumped i can say it again because i'm a real big uh, advocate for the brain breaks so being more deliberate and intentional uh, throughout your day to be doing those little strategies, and I'll share a few examples here. Um, and no, they might not be a fit for uh, everybody who's tuning in, but I do invite people to try them out. Uh, and because you don't know if they're going to work unless you start using them. So one of my favorite ones is a grounding technique, and um, it's just getting into the moment and just being able to look straight ahead from wherever you are. Um, obviously not when you're driving, <laughs> but looking straight ahead and noticing three things you can see and then just count them off in your head. Okay, from where I am, I can see that, that, and this. The picture frame, the pen, the lamp. What are two things that I can hear? So now really tuning into your sense of hearing and noticing two different sounds you can hear. And then the last one is one, like, okay, well, what's one thing I can feel? Well, I can feel my feet on the ground. I can feel my rumbly belly because I just had a late lunch. And so when you tune in to bringing in, tuning into your senses, it brings you right into that present moment. And it helps to start training your brain to start shifting out of that stress response, right? To start pumping the brakes of the parasympathetics. So the parasympathetic system is the other side of that autonomic nervous system. And so just like we were talking about the gas pedal a little moment ago, most of us have an under-functioning braking system. So that's one strategy. Another strategy uh, that I know you're a super fan of, which is the tactical or square box breathing. And that's um, being, being able to dial in and focus on your breathing. So just breathing in for the count of four and then hold your breath for four and breathing out for four and then no breath for four. And with that breathing sequence, what I invite people to do is to try and do eight to 10 cycles of it. And so if you notice that your mind starts skipping around like a stone skipping across the water, just bring it back gently into the moment and then just start over again. And you'll find that just by focusing on your breath, you're starting to give yourself that space to shift out of the stress response. Um, and then it's again, creating that space. And then one other one that I love just because it's spring and there's so much to notice is when you get outside, um, it's just, or even looking out your window, just see like, you know, seven to eight different signs or indicators that spring is present, right? So you might be noticing the different blossoms or, um, you know, the Camilla um, bush plants are, are blooming right now or the daffodils or the whatever. And so those little mindful activities just really help people manage things in the moment and bring them back into that, that present, that in, back into the present. Uh, you said something there. I have a bunch of growth friends. I call them growth friends because we were connected through a phone call where they were struggling and they just wanted to ask me some questions. And so I always tell them, well, I'm still growing through this. If people that know people that know my story know once I became very sick because I had very negative thoughts and it made me very unwell. And I tell them, you can create positive thoughts. It can do the reverse. It can make you very well. Mm -hmm. And two of these growth friends uh, called me a, a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, almost a month ago, and they were really down. And they don't know each other, but they both happened to call me on the same day. And so 
about two weeks later, the sun came out and I said to my wife and daughter, how do you guys feel today? And they're like, we feel really good. And I said, so do I. I phoned them back and I said, hey, how do you guys feel? And they both almost said the exact same answer. I feel really good today. It's weird. I go, look outside. It has rained for five straight weeks and now the sun has come out. So <laughs> cherish that moment. And you know what? One of them was suffering from anxiety. They're seeing a, a health professional and working on it. COVID has got them quite down and actually it is, it is the, the source of their anxiety. So I said, Hey, you're going to, you're going to go for a hike today. You know, why don't you hike and tell yourself COVID's not happening. So when you go for that whole hour hike, hmm. lie to yourself. So at least you get an hour break from COVID. And then when you come back, you know, you're going to have to put your mask on when you go into stores and buildings, but maybe you could do that once a day. And they, really like that they like lying to themselves but I had to do that when I was quite sick was for me to get out of that I had to lie to myself and tell myself everything was going to be okay and I'm not the only one who's feeling like this and the reason I say it was a lie because I had convinced myself it wasn't going to be okay and I was the only one feeling like this so it's a little technique that I used to get out of a really bad situation when I was in a really bad way. And I share that with people who I never put myself in other people's shoes, but when people are struggling, I just tell them what works for me and hopefully they can find their own little things that work. But mm-hmm. do you agree with what the, the weather, especially where we live, the weather plays a massive part in your mental health. Um, that's the other thing too, right? So when we're thinking about uh, as we're moving through this pandemic is I highly recommend putting down your weapons of mass distraction, whether it's your phone or your tablet or the TV, and yeah, get outside and leave those things behind so that you can be fully present and being outside in the sunshine, vitamin D, so good for our immune system. Um, and also just being outside and exercise, the fresh air, you're breathing in a new, um, a new biome, uh, getting out and moving your body. These are all things that are lend itself well uh, to help make you feel better. I mean, I don't know if you know anybody, but I have not yet met anybody in all the years of my life who feels even worse after coming in from a walk or a hike or a bike ride or what have you in general terms most people start to feel a little bit better so you're right so being able to to press pause on life and get outside and and like you're saying to these people create your own reality uh you know if it works for you and it works for others awesome and go do it so And I think one of the other things that I'd love to offer uh, your listeners is uh, a rule of one that I I created and I love to use for myself and recommend it for others if this is a fit. And uh, it's really important to be able to call a thing a thing, right? So I think all too often um, we don't give ourselves permission to experience whatever emotion that we're feeling, right? We're either stuffing it down sometimes we over-identify with uh, an emotional state. And so oftentimes, you know, when you talk to a lot of people these days, maybe you've bumped up into this and you say to somebody, it's like, how are you doing? I'm stressed. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally stressed. Right. And so we, we, or, or I'm really busy or, or what have you. And these are sort of just blanket statements and it's, 
you know, your experience with stress right now, Steve, is going to be different than mine to, you know, whoever else, right? So I think what's really important is to call the thing a thing and like name it to claim it. So what's under, what's really stressing, what specifically is stressing you out? I'm really frustrated because we don't have enough manpower to get through the rest of the shift, or uh, I'm feeling um, upset or irritated or sad or lonely, right? So it's like being able to really acknowledge where you're at. Um, and especially with folks who are experiencing uh, anxiety or it's sidekicks like uh, fear, worry, uh, jitters, or what have you, it's like, well, fear needs a home. So once you give it a name, aka a home, oh, now you can do something about it. So, so important to call a thing a thing. And then the rule of one goes, okay, well, given where I'm at, given the stress that I feel like I'm under and the anxious feelings that are bubbling up in my body, what's one thing I can do in the next 10 minutes or half hour, whatever, it doesn't matter, that's going to help me feel better. And then to get still and quiet and listen for the answer and then go do it. Or given everything that's on my plate right now, what's the, what, what is my next best step? Or another one might be, it's like, okay, holy crap, there is a lot of stuff going on right now. What's one thing I can do to, today that my future self will thank me for? And so once you've created that space by shifting out of the stress response to bring you back into the present moment, it kind of helps you to wake up your prefrontal cortex to kind of be able to get online and to ask those higher quality questions and then listen for the answers and then follow through with it. And you'll notice that with that strategy too, it helps you to keep focused on the things that are in your control, which is so key for moving through it. And you can repeat that self-care strategy as many times as you need to, sometimes more than 10 times, even in an hour. Uh, so that's just something I wanted to share. It's interesting that you talk like that, Sarah, because I'm a big believer of people working on a routine in the morning, especially because that's what I did. So that's why I like that. But um, I have done every type of therapy you can imagine. I've done hypnotherapy. Uh, I've done clinical counseling. I've been to a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I've done equine therapy. Uh, just last week, I did EMDR. Uh, it's quite, uh, it's really helpful for first responders um, when they have trauma that they don't know how to process. And it helps them get into their subconscious a bit and, and, and unwind that. So I like EMDR. Uh, it's, it's pretty powerful for me, but it might not work for everybody. But one of the interesting things that I've learned, just like yourself, I've been surrounded in the last few years by so many health professionals. And one thing I've learned, and I tell people this all the time that have never been for clinical counseling is we have 50,000 thoughts a day. 90% of those are negative. And if you are thinking negatively, you could have nine great things that happen to you in a day and one negative. And when you go to bed at night, you are fixated on that one negative thing. So I just tell people to try and verbally out loud say something positive about themselves, about the people they love. And it's super powerful to say it out loud. But the danger is, if you say the negative thing out loud, it is 10 times more powerful than those thoughts you are having if you say it out loud. So I just tell people to focus on thinking positively. It's hard to do. Trust me, it was hard for me. But also to say it out loud a couple times a day. And usually about if they can say it about themselves, it's super powerful. 
Yeah, and and that I, that's a it's a really great thing, Steve, and it makes me think of um, something else that comes to mind. Uh, in case you know to do that, plus something I'll share with you here that I think is really important. And I think the thing that you're bringing up is our brain's innate ability to delete. So we have these filters in our brain, right? And like you said, you know, let's say you go give a talk, and you know, there's 20 people who are in attendance. And you know, 19 people are just like, yeah, that was great. They give you a high five. They're like, just super awesome. And then there's the one person that goes, mm, meh, and they kind of just leave, right? And you're so right. We're not focused on uh, the 19. All of a sudden, they've been deleted, and then we're just focused on the one. And so many of us too, it's like when we are working hard towards something and something doesn't turn out the way we wanted it to go, we get a really bad case of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Ah, shoot, I should have done that. If I'd only done this, then my results would have been different, right? And so you're right, we end up being um, very self-critical uh, and it can be lead into that negative uh, headspace and what I call toilet bowl thinking. <laughs> and you probably have ever noticed that how contagious toilet bowl thinking can be in the workplace, right? Where those negative thoughts then become negative words and then complaining and blaming. And then all of a sudden, everybody's got a case of this, right? It's airborne. And so I think it's really important to build on that is that to really challenge uh, people in their thinking is to focus on the three to five things that actually did go well, right? In your day, on the call, in the meeting, in the presentation, and to challenge your brain to scan and replay the event and find three to five things that actually did go well, what worked well. And then once you're able to create that space, right, is, um, to look at what's the one even better if for next time or what's my grow, right? So never to look at things as, as bad or good. It's like, no, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback or results. So either get the results that you want or the lesson and learning you need. So it's a win-win. So when you create that space of focusing on the three to five that are things that did go well, and at first for many of us, because we have this propensity to find the negative first, Oh, Sarah, there's nothing that went well. Uh-uh, let's try. Stretch your imagination. And people will always find those three to five things. And then they're like, oh, I missed that. Uh-huh, because your brain was deleting all of that good, awesome, amazing stuff that did happen while you're so focused on the, the one thing. And so then when you can flip it then and focus on what's that one thing, that one thing that I can learn or the big lesson takeaway, when you look back and see the call or the, um, you know, the presentation, the meeting, the conversation with your spouse or teenage kid uh, that didn't go the way you wanted it to go, what can I learn from this? How can I grow? We'll constantly be challenging your brain to stay pliable and flexible and in that growth frame of mind versus being all fixed and thinking that's it you know I, I, I am what I am and I'm always going to be negative well yeah you keep telling yourself that story of course you're going to believe it right so the brain believes uh, the you know the story that's on play the most what you focus on grows so if your mind is always stuck over here yeah, you're going to find corroborating evidence to keep you stuck. See, it never works out for me. This always happens. But like you're saying with your strategy too, it's like inviting people just to nudge their thinking over to that other, that, that other side to, to look for those other things.
It's, it's hard work. It was for me. I mean, I wasn't super open-minded to, to mental health and, you know, techniques, but I work on myself every day. And people ask me, you know, you know, where are you at in your life now? I always say I'm at eight and a half percent on the resiliency scale. And they laugh and they said, why eight and a half? And I say, well, I, I don't know if I'm ever a 10, but I'm, I used to be a four. And I know bad days will still come. And I accept that. I know that I'll feel depressed sometimes. I know, you know, I have to manage my anxiety and I accept those. So eight and a half is pretty good for me. I've never been stronger um, in my life when it comes to my mental preparation, my, my happiness, my focus. Uh, I'm as strong as I've ever been in my life, but it took me a lot of work to get here. So Sarah, how do we get to the bigger picture? How do we, how do we get through this time? Yeah, that's such a great question, Steve. So just like that analogy I was sharing about the, the plane, like I've given you strategies to manage uh, being in the turbulent times in your life. Uh, and then when the, there are those times where you feel like there's that space is to challenge yourself, give yourself permission to pull back on your own stick, right? And focus on that vertical climb to see the bigger picture. And I think one of the things that's really important that can really help you get through uh, is to start moving, imagining your life moving beyond the pandemic. And I know that's going to sound like a real stretch for some people, and I get it. Please hear me out. What I want to say is to start just thinking about how you know great it will be um, when you're freely being able to interact with your friends. Don't put a timeline on it. Don't say it's going to happen in July or or whatever it might be, right? So it's just to keep it sort of the timeline a little bit vague, but out in the future and just seeing yourself enjoying your life, being with those that you love, playing with your grandkids, you know, getting out and uh, getting on the ice again and playing hockey and then hanging out, you know, uh, with your teammates after uh, doing those, those um, travel things or what have you. And just by being able to see yourself out in some undisclosed time into the future, can be a very powerful way to help you maintain that bigger picture. And for that moment, it gives your brain an escape to go, oh yeah, like that's gonna be so rad. You know, I'm being, bringing rad back by the way, mm. <laughs> the word from the nineties. Um, but yeah, just to be able to get really excited to begin with that end in mind, you know, like the kind of work that you're up to and who's around you and where you are and giving yourself that space to get into your imagination and focus on that. Because too often we use imagination, you know, I call it imagination um, gone, gone rogue or wild when we start focusing on the worst case scenarios about things. Well, that's your imagination just being directed uh, with fear at the wheel. And so what I'm inviting people to do is to put on music, to find words that you can anchor in, right? Sometimes what can be really helpful too is to recognize that you're standing on the shoulders of giants. So I think for me, a couple things here, I have a picture on my desk, which I love, and it's a photo of my great grand, my grand, my mom, my sister and me. So four generations, super special picture that was taken when I was five or six at my aunt Kate's wedding. And uh, even though, uh, you know, many of the people in the photo are now no longer with us, it just reminds me because each of those women have gone through incredible uh, turmoil and incredibly difficult times, uh, it, managing a myriad of different life challenges, plot twists and hairpin turns. 
And when I look at their picture, it's like I'm reminded that, no, I am standing on the shoulders of giants. And so whether it's somebody in your family, whether it's a mentor, whether that mentor is alive or not with us, that positive influence in your life, what you can also do is glean intel from these people. You know, like if let's say you're in a really troublesome time right now in your life, maybe you're feeling you're stuck in a pothole. Um, you can ask them, like, imagine them visiting you and saying, you know, oh, gosh, you know, what advice or guidance would you give me to help navigate these next few weeks or these next few months? Right. And then just listen for the answers. Right. So to recognize that you're standing on the shoulder of giants, like you come from great ancestry, family, or um, maybe you've been positively influenced and even then tapping into their wisdom, like what guidance or advice would they give you? What would they be telling you right now? You know, what would they tell you were your next best steps to get through these next few months or weeks or what have you? You can really play around with that. And I find that being able to shift your perspective that way can also help keep you um, maintaining that, uh, that elevated level and that bigger picture. And when you give yourself that space to see things from that view, it, when you come back down to manage those other things that are going on, it'll give you greater clarity and focus. And you'll notice that those things really just don't stress you out as much. It's like, okay, I can do this. I can totally do this. Like I've always done this. And I think that's the last thing too, is to remember that you're your own giant in your life and that uh, you are more resourceful and resilient than you ever give yourself credit for. And you figured out a way before in your various trials and tribulations of your life. And you sure as heck are going to be able to do that moving forward. So to really just tap into that, give yourself permission to tap into that. One of the things someone said to me when I was struggling is, you have a 100% batting average of getting through bad days. And, and that was a little win for me because they were right. And I tell people that, you know what? You've got through bad days before. In fact, your record is 100%. Like those are little wins right there when you're having a bad day or you're struggling or you're anxious. Mm -hmm. Just got to get to it tomorrow. So those are good tips that will help people. You know what? Maybe focus and give them a different perspective of where they're at and what people went through for them. It's that's good. It's really good. Sarah, how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to contact you? Yeah, so um, if folks are uh, interested uh, to learn more, or um, maybe they're interested in bringing some training to their organization, they can reach me at Sarah at tailormakinghealth.ca. And that's uh, Taylor like the seamstress. So T A I L O R M A K I N G health H T A lth.ca or just visit my website and I've got all my contact information there tailormakinghealth.ca thanks so much Sarah I really appreciate you being on the show today thank you Steve it's so great to see you and, and catch up a little to hear too thank you thanks so much that wraps up another edition of undercover mental health you hear me talk about heads up guys at the front of every show but I do want to mention an amazing uh, nonprofit. Uh, website for women and it is womenshealth.org forward slash mental health. There are tools, there are strategies to manage depression and anxiety that are specific to women and I empower you to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.
Thank you.